Hey there. Welcome to the Pine Island Experience Podcast. I'm Joanna Anderson with my husband, Trigby. Each of our episodes will be conversations with fellow Pine Islanders. The goal of our podcast is to share with you our experiences, what we have found to be fun, and what makes the Pine Island Experience so unique. for Christmas and we had been we had been uh, a friend of ours um, she too is a turner and I was talking to Chuck about it and I said when I was a little kid the, the my friend across the street he and his dad would turn wood and I used to just be mesmerized by watching the process I loved watching the wood peel away from the spindle I just it was just I loved it so I said that to Chuck, and then voila, I have a lathe. Well, and it wasn't a big step because I have a big wooden boat, 47-foot wooden boat. And so I have all the woodworking tool, basic step bandsaws and joiners and planers and routers and all of that already. So as, as big step as far as equipment. I'm I am 69 years old and Women my age never got to take shop. I didn't know what a Forstner bit was. I didn't know how to use a bandsaw. I didn't know how to use a drill press. I didn't know what the grinder was for. Um, the tools you mentioned, I had never seen them. This was just like a foreign language to me. But um, I was, what, 65 when you gave me all this? And it was so much fun to learn all this at 65 and I tell people I, I said I love taking something sharp and taking something square and making it round you just heard Nancy and Chuck Kuski describing the time Chuck surprised Nancy with a lathe for wood turning they are studio artists who have been creating art together for years this episode is their story about their adventures and how they ended up in Bokelia in a new studio, creating, teaching, and hosting the Pine Island Potters Guild show. And now, here are Chuck and Nancy. Nancy and Chuck, thank you very much for coming and saying yes to the podcast. That was very sweet of you. Um, we've read about you. We know about you. Um, we're anxious to hear your stories from, from your mouth and uh, just appreciate you coming. Thanks thank for you. having us. Thank yes. you. So let's start from the very beginning. We'll go, um, I know that you've been married quite a while, but I think everyone would love to hear about your lives, where you've been, how you met. <laughs> That's always a good one. You don't have to, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, we, you know. It was perfectly boring. Uh, we met in geology class Ooh. in college. In Michigan. In, in Michigan. Michigan, okay. And uh, it was your typical freshman asking the other freshman, where are you from? And I said, Worcester, Ohio. And he said, my uncle teaches there. So, oh. well, her father was the dean there, oh. <laughs> and his dad was the uh, not dad. Uh, your uncle was the head of the geology department. Wow! His uncle was like the contemporary Indiana Jones. He was very eccentric, and oh. he was a lot of fun. Oh, that must have been a great class. I. <laughs> She used to clean his I office. Actually, though, so we met in geology class at, at a different college. Oh, no. At Albion. 
and then she, she transferred away from Albion and went back to ended up in Worcester and cleaned my uncle's uh, uh, yeah. office at the my college. My campus job was cleaning the geology building, and they would say, "Go into Dr. Kuski's office and just empty his trash and leave." And you would walk in there, and it was like right out of a storybook. It was an old building, and there were bookcases all the way to the ceiling, and rocks and piles of books all over the place. It was fascinating to me. So, Do you uh, remember but what I, started the interest in geology? Because, you know, I know people go and they, they choose the same major and end up meeting, not, not, not like you two, but with all due respect to me, you'll hear people in a variety of you know, disciplines or degrees, but geology doesn't seem to be one of the overly popular ones, but th that might be my own ignorance. It was a science requirement. Was it really? Yeah. Well, you had, had to do a science. We were both had to general do studies. Right. You had to get so many right. hours in there. Right. Yep. And so, so funny. We were both, um, well, I was an English major at the time, and he was an arts major, but you had to take science. a science, and so it was happenstance for us that we met there. And we were very good friends for many, many years. Um, and so when my daughters say, oh, mom, he's just a good friend, I think, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know better. <laughs> yes, we know better. So we married what? 45 years. 45 years, but six years after we met. I met him when I was 17. Wow. Yeah. Like we did, you didn't get married till when? <laughs> 23. Yeah. Oh. So six years later. She wow. had to go to Europe and study in Europe, and I had to go run a farm homestead and sail. Oh, so, wow. So. And then you got back together? Yep. Yeah. That's great. That's a great story. <laughs> and now you've lived different places. You've lived in Michigan. Yes. Yeah. But then you came down to Florida. Well, we, I started out as a potter uh, in northern Michigan. And uh, I bought a five-bedroom farmhouse with 23 broken windows. And um, <laughs> that was my first where my first studio was. And that's where we started. And then we split it up. 40-acre farm. That was a 40-acre farm. That, you started big. And, we, well, I didn't farm at all. I, we had pigs and ducks and geese and bees and did maple syrup. And we syrup leased the and, back 15 out yeah. to the neighboring farm. And then we opened up. We did our first for a living for 11 years. And then we decided to try something different. So we started a co-op gallery in northern Michigan. And then we splintered off of that and we opened... Our own gallery, and then I had the dumbest idea ever to open a second gallery. So we had a gallery in Michigan and one in Naples, Florida. So we were in retail for thirty years. That's long enough. That's a and long. We time. had the gallery in Naples for uh, what eleven years or thirteen, 13 years, oh as God. long as our kids were in school. And when the kids graduated from high school, we left. We used to come to Pine Island to get away. Yeah, we, we knew Bob and Nancy Brooks who had um, their, sadly, neither one still living, but they had the Cross Palm Gallery at the very north end of the island. Mm -hmm. And Nancy used to come to Naples and introduced herself there and said, you got to come out to Pine Island. So we but I'd already been here in oh, 1975. Yeah. I lived here in a tent um, with <laughs> a dog in a Chevy Vega and, and no air conditioning and a black interior. Um, in an orange grove, no, which is now KOA, right? Behind the KOA. Oh, that's just down the road. Yeah, yeah. Here. it was behind the KOA, and I didn't last real long out here, but I knew the island. And then I went to work at, between Fort Myers and Fort Myers Beach selling sailboats. I was going to say, did you have a sailboat when you had your tent? 
No, not at the time. I I raced other people's boats. (laughs) Smart (laughs) man. Well, no, I got dumber as I got older. (laughs) (laughs) He started buying them. (laughs) (laughs) So how'd you choose Naples? I mean, and I only ask it like when we started to think we, you know, we wanted to get out of bad weather and those kinds of things. We ended up vacationing basically up and down the East Coast and the West Coast and just kind of saying, you know, it's one thing to read a brochure, but to actually then... And I guess on a one week's vacation, that's not really experiencing the area, but, you know, trying to kind of what's it like to live in this area of the state and get a little bit of a feel for the place. So, um, I mean, Naples obviously is, has a pretty good name. Um, you, want your, you want to tell yeah, the story yeah, or you want yeah, me to yeah. tell it? <laughs> Sometimes the story, it's the same story with a different slant. <laughs> the, Always. The, the thrust of it is in Charlevoix, we were doing business with, alongside, uh, which is also a, a, a seasonal tourist business. Okay. And uh, a lot of the businesses there had stores in Petoskey and Charlevoix and Naples. So um, we decided to balance the, the seasons because in Michigan, you don't make any money in the winter. And as you know, here, you don't make any money in the summer. So our decision was to open a store in Naples. Uh, someone that we sold a sculpture to was a realtor in Naples, and he got us started. What's Okay, your slant. Yes, what's your slant? When did you hear about the fact that we were opening a store in Naples? Oh, this is a really good story. So were we at a party? Uh-huh. He did this to me more than one time. Uh, oh. uh, when we decided to sell the farm, that was another time. So we're at a party and Chuck says to somebody, and I'm standing next to him, he says to somebody, yeah, we're going to sell the farm. And I'm like, we're what? You know, and this is, and he did the same thing with opening the store. Opening in Naples. The store. And I said, I'm not going. I said, I'll go down. I'll set it up. I'm not taking the kids out of school. I like living up here in our little bubble, blah, 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 blah. I was here, what, less than four weeks well, the kids were little, and so we got to Halloween, and you didn't have to put a snowsuit. We yeah. were coming from and Northern we were Michigan. swimming mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving Day. I'm sorry, <laughs> that just did us. Yeah. So I pulled all their school records, and the rest is history. The rest but is we history. went back and forth. We had two galleries for a number of years, oh, or we went, went back well, and forth. Well, until 2005. Yeah, I, I would go back in May, and, but the stores were both open all year long, but I would go back in May to get it ready for the summer season. And that's when the boats went, went back on the water. And so that I started to be up there for the beginning of the racing season. And then mm-hmm. she would come up as soon as the kids were out of school and spend the summer. And then when the kids needed to go back to school, she'd go back. And then I'd stay till October when we pulled the boats. And then I would come back down. You must have created a routine. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. definitely a yeah. routine. Yeah. Where... Yeah. Did you drive? You must have driven back and forth. Always yeah, had back to drive because we were all in our As the kids got older, that I was spending less time in Michigan because as high schoolers, you know, they were very involved in sports or band or something. Um, but I kept telling, we kept telling each other, it really is just temporary, you know. So <laughs> at the time they go off to college, yeah, um, that was about the time. Um, our oldest was in college, and the younger one was two years out from being in college when we decided to move here. It, it, you know, it was time to get out of the retail, that kind of retail. 
Now, did the kids end up in Florida or Michigan or some other place? They went to school all the way through in in Florida, in Naples. Naples has a great, great education system. Again, they went to college in oh, Ohio yeah. and oh, in Ohio. Michigan. Okay. So, um, and they stayed there. Uh, our oldest daughter lives in Chicago with her husband, and our youngest lives um, in Boyne City, Michigan. Okay. But they're 38 and 41. I mean, they're not, they're our kids, but they're not kids. Well, they still are kids. Yeah. They're your little kids. <laughs> I love that you said I'm not going because our running <laughs> joke for our entirety of our marriage is every time we move, right as we're unpacking or through the stressful parts, we are never moving again. <laughs> and this is probably the eighth or ninth place we've lived. Yeah. You know, and like she got, and I've got a great job and finally where I want to be, and I got transferred. So we acquiesce and go there. And then like, you know, everyone, it it's not really hard. But it is stressful. And I think that, at least for us, it's, you know, once you've lived in an area, you know the plumber you can trust. You know the electrician. Yes. You know the hardware store to go to. Or this store carries that part, but this store doesn't. Well, you move into a new area, and all of a sudden you're like, well, where do I, where do I go to buy the thing I need to fix? Or if I can't fix it, who do I hire to? So, you know, it takes about six months or so to settle in. And, like, oh, we're not again. and then something comes up. And we move again. <laughs> we, when we moved to Naples, um, our youngest was in kindergarten. And I was having a bad day. This is a couple of months after we moved there. And I, I, I said at the dinner table, I don't even know where the post office is. <laughs> so our daughter comes home from school and she says, Mommy, did you find the post office today? <laughs> it's like out of the mouths of babes. Yeah. But, um, that, I know that feeling exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, we make a major change, have made up until we moved here, a major change in our life about every five years. Now, that doesn't mean we moved. Right. It's we got married. Five years later, we have kids. Five years later, we open a store. You know, uh, this is the longest we've ever lived anywhere. We've had a few changes here, though. We've had a few changes, (laughs) but it's actually mostly due to hurricanes. Yeah. Um, But... No desire to leave. I, I will say after Ian is the only time I've exercised thoughts of, mm-hmm. I we're getting too old for this is what I think. But yes. I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, he's, no. he's not going anywhere. Well, I think many of us are living in the irrational thing that statistically now we're safe for any number of years. Now, whether that's probably not true at all. <laughs> I don't think Mother Nature follows no, she's not looking at statistics. <laughs> so if I miss it, I apologize. So you end up with a tent and a Chevy Vega. I remember the Vega for some reason. <laughs> Behind what is now the KOA, what what was the experience or what was the motivation to camp out in Florida with no air conditioning and living out of a tent? Well, we were going we to buy a, a marina. Oh, okay, okay. It was, so it was exploratory, and you just weren't going to spend a lot of right. money. Right. My cousin and I were going to go together okay. and buy a marina, which, thank goodness, we didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Some of you look back and go, why the heck did we decide to do that? Or why did we even try to do that? Uh, as it comes over the years. So that, that, that's just too funny. So you said it's the longest you've lived here. So my apologies. How long now has you, have you been on Pine Island? 22 years. 22 years. Yep. Actually, it'll be the eighth of August. It'll be twenty-two years. Did you, when did you change from the um, the the gallery in Naples to Bokelia? Is that 22 that would have been two thousand? Okay. All right. 
right, so you timed it. Yep. That but that had to been difficult too. No, no, <laughs> that was easy. That was Real so easy. easy. <laughs> we we uh, Naples was a fantastic place to uh, right, send your kids. kids to school. Sure, okay. Um, they went to public schools, but the tax base there is so phenomenally high. They had uh -huh. opportunities that were wonderful, and they got a great education. And they but, got great scholarships as a result of that. Yes, stuff. Wow. and they Excellent. went to private schools. They they did very well there, and. We, we Lost lived our here <laughs> at, for six months and knew more people in six months than we had met in Naples in 12 years. It's, it's a, a pine island. If, if it's, a, it's a welcoming, well, you know this, mm -hmm. it's a, a welcoming place. Um, you know, it, perhaps people know too much about you, but that <laughs> exact same amount of knowledge are the same people who will help you. Right. You know, so the people we bought the place from, the guys that we bought the, the, the property from moved across the street and they introduced us to everybody. And yeah, then we joined they got the us, chamber. They got us to join the chamber and the mm -hmm. chamber um, was real strong at that point. It's gone through up and down phases, but it was super strong at that point. They introduced us to which was the hardware store to go to and which was the... And where the, the post office was. post office was, <laughs> that kind of thing. They were real good to us. And, and the, the, the people we bought it from were real good to us. And so, so it was the chamber. It, it's, it's, we just have never felt unwelcome. Not for one minute. It's, no. it's just been great. We have the same experience. We've been here eight years and... It's it's amazing here, but one thing I noticed when I moved, I left him up there. We took turns with our careers, so now it's your turn, now it's my turn. You know, if we would each find a new job, about the same like you did five between five and eight years, there'd be a change in somewhere trying to get warmer. So actually, he moved me to Chicago. I'm like, this isn't warmer. <laughs> then he moved me to Philadelphia. That's not warmer. You know, it wasn't. So finally. When I found a job in Florida, I lived with my brother in Orlando and commuted from Orlando to um, Eustis. You might know Mount Dora yeah. in that area. So that was a drive every day until we could find a house there and he could move down. And I was in the car and I'm like, what's different? I couldn't figure it out. No one was honking. <laughs> so, I mean, you go back to New York or Philadelphia, remember, yeah, you can't drive without honking a horn. Our, our kids were having that discussion. Yes. We just went to Chicago to visit them, and they were having a discussion. Ryan, my son-in-law, wanted my daughter to honk, and she says, I'm not going to honk. No. It's just going to scare him. And, and it was <laughs> Isn't a whole that funny? discussion about honking. Or if a light turns... Um, yellow, oh. you punch it. We did that in Chicago. You'd get rear-ended. <laughs> you know, I mean, the driving is really... Now here, if somebody honks, it's because they know you and they're saying, they're saying hi. hi. Yeah. <laughs> Since you have family in Chicago, our best story was, at least when we were there, trying to make a left turn was one of the hardest things. I mean, I think my, I, my office was 10 miles from our house. It was an hour and a half drive. Just to give you that, when you say about traffic. So we've lived in bad traffic. That's why, like, if we if we get frustrated, Matt Lachey, I'm like, this isn't anything. <laughs> this is like five minutes. So this yes, is not exactly. a mess in a big city. But anyway, uh, there was this kind of one uh, area with a mall and, and places to eat and stuff like that. And everybody did it. You'd roll up the curb and all the medians were paved with asphalt. There was no uh, shrubbery or plantings or grass. 
and it became a makeshift left turn lane. So we had gone someplace to visit, and she's driving, and we've got other people in the car, and there's this long left turn lane, or the traffic's kind of jammed up, so she just rolls up onto the median and has with her left turn signal on, and they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, you do, this is how you navigate and survive in Chicago is if there's no left lane, you make one. Was that your parents? Was that I, t- well, I was yeah, going to say I, that. I, I his parents to death. But it was survival in Chicago. So well, you drove like that's that. Our, our we don't drive in Chicago. My yeah, daughter we were has lived and, there and, long and enough. That she white just, knuckles the whole <laughs> so You drive, I'll close my eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's that. Once you obtain the skill, and I'm sure she has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it it, it is a skill that needs to be learned because it, it is different. You know, everything's like fast and you don't, you, you have to adjust and be thinking and watching all sides of you and stuff like that. Where I'm, let's be honest, you're driving up and down string, fellow. Worst probably you're going to have somebody's going 40. Yeah. You know, and it might take you a few more minutes to get on string, fellow. Um, you mentioned the chamber, and we understand you've been heavily involved in the chamber. So maybe talk a little bit about your chamber experience. Yeah, I'm on the board of directors now. I've been on and off the board of directors since the year we moved here, oh. um, and uh, it's it's doing really really well. Good. It was definitely struggling struggling um, with the pandemic is what started it, and okay. uh, there we had to let our employee go and there were three of us who would just you know go and sit in it and greet people but answer the phone and they pass the phone around and show that we exist a cell phone that they would pass back Uh, and forth but we it was it was in dire straits uh and we just um plowed through the the saving grace was um finding out, or it's not finding out, it's coming to grips with the fact that we really didn't need to own a building. The The chamber had been given that building long before Chuck and I had moved here, uh, probably about 15 years or so. And with the stipulation that um, if we sold it, the proceeds would have to go to a charity. Uh, but we sold the building and not did not dissolve the business um, and invested that money, which is still nicely invested, and then rented where we are now, which we love. And it provided us with the means to dive into that money if we needed to fund something. And it's the old adage, it takes money to make money. And we haven't been using that stash of money in a while. And it's just really strengthened, wouldn't you say, beyond what we expected it to. I, there's so many new members, people that I don't even know. And it used to be, I was telling Chuck, we're now the old guard. When we moved here, the people that we met on the chamber are sadly, many of them no longer living or just completely retired because they were in their 60s and now they're in their 80s. And Chuck and I were in our 40s. Now we're in our 60s. Now we're the old guard. Right. And it's just so nice to see so many younger people moving in. And when I say younger, that could be 55, you know. Right. But right. it's it's new blood, strong blood. Uh, uh, people who've been in business are choosing to be here. And mm-hmm. they are really making the chamber 
alive again. And it's just so nice. Well, and you're right. It's a great location. It is a great I, location. I pulled in there and I'm like, okay, I opened the door and I started going this way. And she was sitting right here. And she's, hello. <laughs> it was so convenient. It is. And we and, joined and it. You don't need a lot of space anymore. No. It's the age of the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in the 20 years that we've been involved, we would see 1,200 people a month at the chamber building. No All right, that's 20 some odd years ago. Now, we don't see that many people actually come in, a couple of hundred for a month, because it's all internet. Right. So we got a new website. Um, Cynthia does a phenomenal job. Cynthia Welsh, who's our administrator. Um, She uh, does a phenomenal job of constant contact newsletters, uh, keeping the website up to date. We have she does it, and another one of our board members keeps Facebook going because that's where people are looking. Sure. You know, and it's it's just, um, it's evolved as it should, and I'm glad you joined the chamber. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was easy. Good. I went in. I had a nice chat with her, learned about it. It was very easy. We joined it, and because we want to promote everybody on the island. I mean, one, one person, I, it's still, it, I think about every day now, one of the uh, people that we were interviewing made, a statement. I, it didn't even occur to me, and I don't know why not. He said some people come here from Cape Coral, Fort Myers, or what. They come just into Mat Lachey, and they turn around and leave. Yeah. And I said, you're kidding. I mean, I'm just, I guess, in another land thinking. He said, there's so much open here. You know, I mean, but the first impression, so it's almost like we need to get that information out there. And now... Uh, recently, they've been promoting Matt Lachey. Places are opening, and please yes. come, you know, yeah. and and keep going. Go to the center, you know, go to Bokelia. Well, those of us who live out here and do business out here on Pine Island need Matt Lachey to do well. Yes. Because Matt Lachey for decades was the initial destination. Mm-hmm. And the businesses in Matt Lachey were very good about saying, you know, drive another five miles. You know, you've got all another yeah. region out there. Well, plus when, um, I, and we said this before, when we came over to Mount Lachey, we're like, oh, we're moving here. You know, and we hadn't even been to any other part of the island. We said, oh, we're, we're moving here. <laughs> and it, it was just so charming. It just, yeah. it just takes, takes your breath away when you first come in, you know, when we, when we first did. So it's, it's coming back. We just love it. You know, yes. And I think everybody would if they came. So I agree. But we haven't been talking about your artwork or your studios and you're both, you've both been heavily involved with your art and your pottery. And I know you're weaving and, and now you're turning. And can you tell us about your, your artwork and your classes? Yeah, I, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a boat captain and I've been, been, for the last 15 years, I've run boats down in the Keys during the summer for the Boy Scouts. I've been gone for 15 weeks every summer. Oh, very cool. And uh, we had a gallery at our location, but it was too hard to keep that open while I was doing the, the sailing. And she's got her own businesses um, with her graphics design business. Mm-hmm. So that, that keeps her too busy to do that, too. So we closed the gallery, and then I lost, lost the boat in the hurricane. And uh, and so I and I was over. I was done <laughs> with the scouts, the scout program. I don't think you mentioned you work for the Boy Scouts, though. 
Yeah. I ran the boats for the Boy Scouts down in the Keys at Isla Morada. For 15 years. Um, and, and those uh, boys must have been in heaven. Yeah, it's not most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wasn't. But, <laughs> but um, I had, I'd had enough, enough of the stress of the whole thing. And so when I lost the boat, it wasn't that big a deal. And that now... Um, decided this is my first summer that I've been here in 15 years. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've got a new studio. I lost the old studio in the hurricane, which we were, I was in the process of building a new one. So it was no big loss, um, mm -hmm. but it forced my hand to get it, the new one finished and the new one's great. Um, it's got doors and windows, which my other one didn't have for 20 years. I haven't had doors, windows, heat or air conditioning. And so now I have doors and windows and AC and heat and all the good stuff. So it's, um, it's a big step up, but I, it's, I've, I couldn't have worked during the summer before anyway. So this gives me the opportunity to work and my students, well, a lot of them still like the old studio because it was, it was a little rustic. <laughs> But um, they're all glad that we have air conditioning now. And, and oh, so for sure. the first time I'm teaching during the summer, usually I would stop teaching for the summer. And so we're back to teaching and, and uh, making pots. It's full circle for Chuck, because when we first owned our place, all he did was make pottery. And now then, then we branch off into the gallery and then he took the job sailing and pottery was always on the side. And now we're back to where he's doing pottery all the time. We're expanding it a little bit. He bought a laser engraver. So now we're doing some a new product line that we are still developing. Um, that's a combination. I do the design and then he does the cuttings. Oh, that's nice. She's a graphics designer and she's good at the design stuff. She designs books and stuff for authors and oh. and a lot of the, the signage you see around the island um, on storefronts and stuff. She does all the, the vinyl wow. signs and and that keeps her pretty busy. So she doesn't get much of a chance to get to the wood shop to do her turning like she was doing. True. And everything else you're doing, running the studio and organizing the classes and I mean... I mean, all the hours you must be putting in. I get bored easily, so it does not bother me. You know, I'm, I, we are doing what other people retire to do. And mm -hmm. we're just fortunate that we've been able to eke out an income from other people's hobbies sort of thing. And you have the Potter's Guild art. Uh, yeah, we have that. <laughs> Once a month, uh, used to be November through April. We're expanding it to April through May or August, October. August through May. I'm still skeptical no, we're not doing about out. May. We're, we're I, not I doing said August. August. October. October. October through May. I noticed that months were shifting when I was, I said, wait a minute, those weren't the time frames. Well, you know, the October well, the May, I'm still skeptical about. <laughs> it was so hot. But people still did well. So and we'll probably sure. do it again. But October this time. It was after the storm, and so the, there was enough people that wanted no, to get out. we did it in November. Out. We were going to do it in October. There was no way we could do it because the storm was on the 28th of September. So we couldn't have done it in October. So, but we used to, yeah, we were thinking about not doing it for a while, but everybody was fired up to get back out, and, and we had a great turnout for the so first show. It was so nice. It was just... See everybody. It and, was an amazing show, mostly because people were able to come out and pass around hugs if, sure. you know... And a sense of normalcy too a is sense what of I've normalcy, heard. Normalcy, seeing people you haven't seen, right? 
making sure they're okay. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and, and the, the people who participate in it as, as vendors, so to speak, uh, it's a, it's a short little show. It's only from 10 to two and it's just a nice little community spirit sort of thing. And the, it's, it's, we've been doing it now for like, what, eight years, but it really hasn't been strong till about the past four. Oh, and it's right in your gardens there. In yep. your, right. How sweet is that? That must be That's fun. Well, oh. We don't commute. We no, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> we walk back and forth between the studio and the, the courtyard and the house. Yeah, we're spoiled. We like yeah. it. Yeah. But you so must I, like to see people coming to that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I discovered turning. That's, again, I, <laughs> to say I'm a woodworker is a gross misrepresentation, but I do mess around and do some stuff. Uh, but, you know, that's a, you know, that's not like running a table saw or even routing something out. I mean, that's a whole different like skill set, different piece of equipment in the lives. And so how does that come about? I decided she shouldn't be sitting in front of the computer. <laughs> and, that's and, true. and actually that, that is an I gave her a lab for Christmas. He gave me a lab for Christmas. Oh, and we had sneaky. been, we had been uh, a friend of ours, um, she too is a turner, and I was talking to Chuck about it. And I said, when I was a little kid, the, the my friend across the street, he and his dad would turn wood, and I used to just be mesmerized by watching the process. I loved watching the wood peel away from the spindle. I just, it was just, I loved it. So I said that to Chuck, and then voila, I have a lathe. Well, and it wasn't a big step because I have a big wooden boat, 47 foot wooden boat. And so I have all the woodworking tool, basic step bandsaws and joiners and planers and routers and all of that already. So as, as when she needed stuff. As far as equipment. It was just another I'm, tool. <laughs> I am 69 years old and women my age never got to take shop. I didn't know what a Forstner bit was. I didn't know how to use a bandsaw. I didn't know how to use a drill press. I didn't know what the grinder was for. Um, the tools you mentioned, I had never seen them. This was just like a foreign language to me. But um, I was, what, 65 when you gave me all this? And it was so much fun to learn all this at 65. And I tell people, I said, I love taking something sharp and taking something square and making it round. Wow. And it is the antithesis of sitting in front of a computer and mm -hmm. drawing on the computer. But how did you learn design. to do it? Did you? Um, I, I took lessons. He had a skill set and then... Um, we hired a couple of people. We, there was a man who used to do our shows um, who taught me some basics. And then I took a class in um, North Carolina at the Campbell Folk School. And then she joined the Woodworkers Guild in Fort Myers. <coughs> oh, that was smart. And then she won a scholarship oh. um, to, John, to Cam John Campbell. Yeah, so. Um, so once you got started, there was no going back. And, and I, I... You dove in. And I, I dove in and I, I, I love... I love the feel of wood. I love the satiny feel of it. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. Thank you. Yes. It is unique that you, to your point, you've got this 
log many times square or it's been squared up. Right. And because somebody years ago described something and they probably ripped it off from somebody else, but like uncovering what's really in there, hmm. you know, so like uh, you, you, you take a piece of wood, whether you're building something with wood, not turning just a specific kind of that, but like whether you put, you know, like, well, do I put like a cove on it? You know, what kind of a, is it like a three eighths or a quarter? You know, the, and it all looks different as you begin to shape that wood and you take this thing and, you know, you work it with these tools and you create these things and sure it does give you appreciation, like homes and log cabins and yes. uh, what's the pole building or something, how they shaped all that stuff together. And um, it's, um, but yeah, if you stay with it, uh, it, it can turn out some really beautiful stuff because it, it's not something that somebody might have a circular saw at home, but they probably aren't going to have a lathe. So these are things that you can <laughs> well, build. And it's not a women's usually people assume they don't know us mm -hmm. and they're looking at the table they assume that he also Ooh. turns the wood yes and it's it's you know for some people it's like oh you do this but there's a lot there's a whole group called women in turning okay and it's getting bigger but um it really is like only two percent of the wood turners are women mm -hmm. for now for now yes we're going to change that yes that's very cool very nice present but I understand you're not supposed to sit at your desk all day long. That's no, it's it's yep. what worse than smoking. Yeah, they said it's the new smoking. Yeah, people sitting. Even yeah, your watch tells you to stand up. You know, every hour and but you, well, they make those stand up desks. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. I don't know. Maybe if I was thirty and well, we had them at and, work and I used it. Oh, really? Yeah. It. it I'd rather stand anyway. Really? And I like pacing around and yeah. It, you get used to it, you know. I don't know if it's better or not. It was a it was a phase. I mean, I'm sure it's still out there. But just move is what they want you to do. Yeah. Just don't sit there for hours, which is easy to do when you're programming or writing or developing or doing your graphic arts. It's so easy not to not to walk away from it. Well, you don't. You you lose time. Yeah, he has something on his computer that tells him how long screen time thing. Oh, it says you react you've to that. You've been on here for an hour, right? Two hours? <laughs> Whatever it says. Oh. <laughs> and you obey, he right? Ignores it. <laughs> oh, you ignore it. Well, that works too. I have a real yeah. short attention span. I can't sit in front of a computer. She can get lost behind a computer. Yeah. I, I, my attention span isn't that long. I started out uh, the graphics design as an animator, and the guy had actually asked Chuck if Chuck wanted to do the animation. And it's one of my students. And mm -hmm. after. Charlie, we needed and we needed it. One of us had to go to work, and that a was a real job. And so one SBA of my students said, "No, you can't. You know, you you have to have a regular paycheck." <laughs> and one of my students said, "Well, I'll hire you." And and the other said, "Well, can I watch while you're doing it?" And, mm -hmm. and she I practically I, threw him out of the chair because mm -hmm. I wanted to do it so badly. Yeah. And I said, I, "You can have it. I don't want it." <laughs> and I I did animation for. Five years until 2008 when the market crashed mm -hmm. uh, because I was animating for um, developers. So developers stopped developing. But anyway, I said, I get paid to get up and go to work and play on a computer. Sure. And it was so much fun. I miss it a little bit. But... So you mentioned having to lose the shop and force you to get the new one built. Um, how long did that take? Like, how long were you down? Because I know there were... 
material shortages and these kinds of things, but now you have doors and windows. Did you have the materials there and you just had to finish it or yeah. what was the process? Well, it was an existing building already and we, we had decided I was going to build a new studio before the storm. So we put an and that was an open pole barn. So the sides were open. We'd closed it in okay. before the storm, but we didn't have electricity. We didn't have water. Okay. Insulation. Insulation. We still, still don't have still insulation. <laughs> oh, we still don't have a roof on our house either, but that's you know least of our problems. So it was um, you know, I was I was close, mm -hmm. but I, and and the the studio was pretty workable um because it didn't have doors and windows before. Mm -hmm. But we were, I was in the middle of one of my classes and and the tarps gave way and they were holding about a hundred million gallons of water that all rained down on my students. And the floors are all covered with clay. Now it's an ice skating rink because the clay is really slick when it's wet. And yes. it's like, nope, we're not fixing it anymore. We're going. He was so <laughs> upset. <laughs> I'm, it takes I'm, a lot to get him angry, but he was done. And oh. she said, she w didn't want me to move into the studio until I had completely finished it. Right. And I said, I'm not waiting. I'm going. Whether it's done or not, we're going. <laughs> and and that, that was good. It's all, it's all been good. Good, 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 good. Well, the, sometimes there's good things that come out. I mean, just having the air conditioning in the, in the, uh, you might not need the heat, but I think at least the insulation to take the chill off on those few cold days that we have or something like that, because that can slow you down or. Yeah. When, when I have students, when I do it, it's one thing, but when somebody's paying me to, to take classes, they want to be a little more comfortable than I'll, I'll put up with just about anything. I lived on a boat all summer for, in the Keys without insulation for 15 years. So it's like, I can deal with it, but I can't ask somebody else that's paying me to, to do the same thing. Now, do you fire your own pottery? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Control, your, your control in the process, kind of start to finish. Makes his own glazes. I don't control it as much. Back in the old days, when I first started, we didn't have any money. So um, my college professor designed a material to make, to cast your own kilns. Oh. Um, and we would, we didn't have the money to do anything. So um, I fired with wood to 2300 degrees with wood, built the kiln from scratch. Um, it, it was published in one of the, one of another writer published the building process in one of his books of us built actually building the kiln, um, and we fired with wood for a number of years, and then eventually we got gas. Could you know could afford propane? We added propane. Then we then we built a new studio on the farm, and then we we put in a big big. I tell people it was when we were young and romantic and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> We, did. we heated a five-bedroom farmhouse with wood. We fired the kiln with wood. We had a 2,400-square-foot studio that we fired. How long did it take us to fire that kiln, though? I mean, take and we were 30, feeding the kiln ourselves. 32 hours to fire the kiln, so you're still oh, getting... the heat? Yeah. And then how long did heat. it have to stay at heat to... You just get, get it up there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, you kept it up there maybe an hour, but I mean, it was... But he could fall asleep in a snowdrift. This was in northern Michigan. Yeah, I was going to say, you were in the snow. He would, like, tuck himself into a snowdrift. And he would just be sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'd realize he hasn't moved. He's, yeah, he's asleep. <laughs> well, it's exhausting work, I would think. It was, oh yeah, but we were a lot younger. We then. were we were in our twenties. You know, it's amazing what you can do in your twenties. Mm -hmm. But that's hot. I can well, see it takes a long time to get reach that heat. Wow. It, so now we do it with electricity and a computer. There you go. <laughs> Now, what, tell us about the horsehair. Um, horsehair raccoon. Is yeah. a, it's an, it's um, an old Asian 
firing technique they used to use for the the Japanese uh, would do it for their tea ceremonies. And if you go back, there's you know who did what and who did it first. Um, the Japanese, the Koreans say they, the Japanese stole it from them. And, you know, and, this, and now everybody sees it out west and thinks that the Native American Indians were doing it. They weren't doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, It's an old, it, from Asia pretty much. And it's, you heat the, the pots up to about 1,800 degrees and then you pull them out while they're glowing red hot and you draw on them with horsehair and the horsehair vaporizes and leaves a carbon trail in the clay. And wow. then, we, then we put a finish on it. They're not functional; they're decorative. Um, dry flowers and stuff. Yeah, they won't. They're not good for water. Oh, okay. Do you, do you teach do. your students to do that too? Or? Yeah, they're all welcome to do whatever. So we demonstrate that. Um, my students do it once a month during the season um, when we do the work. When we do the uh, show in our courtyard, um, we'll do a, a a raku demonstration, and that's their opportunity. And it's a, it's a lot of them are afraid of the heat. They don't want to do it. Uh-huh. And it's non-functional because we also, I do basically three different firing techniques. One is that, and then we do a high-fired stoneware, which is functional, you know, microwave oven safe, dishwasher safe, and, you know, usable everyday stuff. And then um, we do another low, a lower firing, which is brighter colors. Um, the the mm-hmm. bright colors tend to burn out in uh, high temperatures. So we we do a variety of things, and it's up to them. They they're welcome to do whichever one they so want. So they pick what they want, what kind of art they want to make. Yep, whether they're doing sculpture, or functional, non-functional. It's... Classes are from beginning to advanced. Yeah, I noticed that you mix them. Yeah, you, you yeah. have them. You allow what six students? I've got students that have been in there for more than fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> and so that it's they don't really need classes so much. Or they'll come up. They'll come up with a challenge. You know, like how do you think they did this? And then we'll I'll explain to them, you know, where I think they came, how they came to that result. Um, but, the, you know, they're welcome to do anything. But then the, then the new kids, new kids, adults, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, tend to uh, um, teach the, the new people. The new people learn from the old people. Mm-hmm. And, and the old people that have been there for a long time, you know, have, are doing their own thing and they're selling their own work other places and stuff. Oh, nice. And some of them also have their own studios at home and they just want the socials, socialization of, you know, working in your own studio that can be a kind of a pain in the neck when you're, you don't have anybody to talk to and you just get lonely out there where you, when you're working around these other people, you're inspired by, oh, that's a good idea. I think I'll try that, but I'm going to do this to it. And they see what other, what other people are doing. So, so it's, it's collaborative. Yep, really. very much. That's that's great. And I know I've read that you like to figure, well, Nancy said this in an article, that you like to figure things out, like your guitar um, and your ukuleles out of Cigar boxes. And not only that, you said it could be out of a paint can lid or whatever. And you yeah, said, well, you'll um, just look at things and try to figure out how can I do that, One right? of the guys here on the island, uh, one of the musicians that plays locally, um, I built one for him out of a WD-40 one-gallon can. <laughs> so so he's, he's playing that one around the, on the island. I haven't had, since the storm, I really haven't had a chance to do, to do any of the cigars box stuff because I've been building the studio, mm-hmm. rebuilding the studio and, and getting my classes going and get my own inventory up um, because I really haven't, because I had the income from sailing, I didn't ha- to have a ton of pots all the time. And now I've got uh, Matt Lachey Menageries carrying my work and oh. we're part of a co-op gallery in the Cape at uh, Cape Harbor. 
that we have to work one day a week um, down there, but they show both of our works, Nancy's Nancy's wood turning, um, what few pieces she has, get her to work, get to work. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and my stuff, and and we take turns. So if if one of us has something going on, the other one will work the gallery, but we we, one of us works every day of the week, or not every day of the week, one day a week, a month. And you were doing Burnt Store Road. There was a place, right? Right. We did that for a while, um, but I, we didn't do it last year because I just didn't have the inventory. As I, we were too busy, you know, rebuilding. Yes. Yeah, so when you say get out of retail, you meant retail management running the store, but you're still producing for sale pieces of art. Right. But you're we're just, not. We're not. Supposed- it's not in your store. Anymore. Right. Okay. When, when we joined the co-op, it was, you know, they knew we'd owned an art gallery before, and, and I think they were a little concerned that we were going to try and tell them how to run it. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. No, we don't want to have any you, part of it. We don't want to have anything to do <laughs> with the management. members of the co-op, yeah. and they, we let them manage. <laughs> and sure. Tell us what to do. We'll do whatever they, you say. <laughs> and we may not agree with everything they do, but we never say a word. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. It's like you've been okay. there, done that. Go ahead. Uh, we're you done. Know. So you text them about the classes and it sounds like a lot of repeat students. You've had people coming for 15 years. How do people interested in the classes find out more about them as a website? Website is just really um, basic basic information. I'd say our best form of communication is, uh, you know, Word of mouth. And word of mouth word, and okay. getting it. Okay. On the you know, like show, a lot of the, the show, are, A lot of people come to the show and see it. But we do have Facebook. a website. So that if somebody needed to get a phone number or something for us. And it has all the details. It, how much, yeah. how long, how. Okay. Well, and you have a Facebook account. Yeah. I, for somebody who's on the computer all the time, I do not like Facebook. I mean, we have a Facebook page. I mean, if, if somebody's can. I'm consulting somebody on their business. They say, you have to have a Facebook page. I'm yes. not against Facebook. It's a vortex for me. If mm-hmm. I open that up, two hours is gone. Yeah. And so I really don't check it very often. But luckily, I have lots of friends and my husband who is on it every single day of the week. <laughs> and and that is is a really... So what you're saying, it's dangerous for you to be around for a computer. Me, yes. Because you have to walk away. You know, I, I love finding out what my nieces and nephews are doing, and and my friends from when I was in fifth grade. And it's it, there's just so much information on there on a personal level, and I just have to say, okay, you got to go to work now. You got to go to work now. So I'm yeah. I'm not good at Facebook. It, it, with me, when I'm consulting someone, I say, don't do what I do. Do what I tell you to do, <laughs> Facebook. Well, that's it. I'll put a bit consulting, right? <laughs> You're being hired for your advice, not your personal Exactly. <laughs> and then now, future plans? You, you keep evolving. You keep coming up with new things. Are you thinking of, you're going to have a third studio out there? Not a chance. (laughs) I think it's so interesting you say that because I just wrote my cousin a letter and I said, we're tired of reinventing ourselves. Really? Well, being forced to reinvent ourselves. We just did last year, so we got a good Four more years before We've got, we have yeah. to think about yeah. it. Yeah. A break. yeah, we do. <laughs> when you discover something, you're like a kid, you know, as the turn. That is very true. Yeah. And, and uh, we are expanding this line of the laser-cutted, uh, laser cutted, uh, laser 
engraving, which I like because it really is a collaboration between Chuck and I. Nice. Um, it's it's a line that is much different than anything we've ever done. It's more of a souvenir product. Oh yeah, which we have not done in the past. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. It is exciting to try something new. But you know, like Chuck said, we've got another four and a half years on this this. But you know, it'll be funny. Something's probably going to present itself. So versus sitting around thinking about how you might do it, it may just something come land your way. And you said, well, we weren't expecting it, but this opportunity dropped in. We decided to go forward. You might say, nah, to your point, we're, we're He kind of is the that. Renaissance man, though, mm-hmm. because all this stuff, but he also makes all our own sausage. He makes our own bacon. Oh. He ages meat. He's wow. always, he's, he's in the kitchen a lot. And he... I say I get bored easily. He never even gives himself a chance to say that. I mean, he is always trying something new. My life is never, ever boring. Never. No. So the two of you will find something just like you say. Okay. What about like vacations or downtime or? (laughs) What's that? You're not. Okay. It's not in the um, world. We love to go see our kids. And that's our vacation. Yeah. But we really haven't had much of an opportunity because of his sailing job. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gone I used to also. deliver yachts. So I've been to Bermuda. I've been to St. Thomas. I've been all up and down the East Coast and, you know, Florida. And, and then I raced big sailboats, too. And, and so I've raced all over the place. And I just want to stay home. And you taught <laughs> you sailing, too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm an ASA sailing instructor yeah. still. But yeah. I'm not doing it currently. I have my super certification for it. What I have always said I wanted to do is hide our vehicles and stay at home for like two weeks. There you go. Doing exactly what we want to do. Yeah, just be about about you two. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And just not tell anybody where the only vacation. She she talks about uh, um, Cynthia, who is the chamber person, is from Ireland. Mm -hmm. And um, we've talked about doing a boat trip um, where you rent one of the canal boats doing the canal trip and oh, okay. in there, and she she is Irish and she's she's spends time over there and knows the neighborhood. It would be fun to take her. Sure, and, and that's that's on my bucket list. It's getting lower on the bucket list as <laughs> I age. But um, I used to be an art director for a magazine, and uh, an article was written about these longboat uh, vacation. Mm-hmm. You know and I just thought, it, you know, it's like the backwoods of, in this case, it was England, not Ireland. And I just, I just wanted to do it so badly. So, well, that might happen. It might happen. It might happen. Well, thank both of you so much. It's been fascinating. I knew this would be fun and interesting. So, well, thank I you think for it's all your wonderful time. Wonderful that you are doing this. Well, we're having a good time. Good. You know, we retired. So, you know, now we have all kinds of time to do Gives this. Gives us an excuse to sit in front of computer screens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> so thank you. Well, thank, well, thank you thank very you. much. We hope you enjoyed our Pine Island Experience podcast. If you have any ideas for us, people to interview, or any comments, please feel free to email them to us at pineislandexperience at gmail.com. That's pineislandexperience, all one word, at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us and you may subscribe to this podcast using all the major catchers like Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening and remember, 
I Love Life is a constant vacation. We'll see you on the next podcast.